Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, my name is Adam Porches, and I am joined by Matt Smith. Uh, I want a million dollars. Oh, you don't got no million dollars. You're doing a podcast with me. That's true. Uh, today, we are going to be covering McMillions, the new docuseries on HBO. Six parts, I believe. And uh, I watched it as it came out, and I was like, Matt, you got to watch this thing. As far as documentary series goes, it's lovely because no one's being shot. No one's being murdered. Uh, it's just like you, you don't feel like you need a shower after you watch it, you know? No, there's really only like two like nasty people in it. Yeah, most people are. It's like it's it's the happy version of the mob. <laughs> yeah. Well, most of the people are like rubes. There are only two people who are really committing uh, multiple crimes. Uh, most of the people are just dumb rubes. Well, let's go ahead and uh, just kind of give people a little bit of an idea of what's going on here. Here is the trailer for McMillian. I have a story for you. This story has got everything: revenge, drugs, greed. Ronald McDonald. Somebody went to the FBI and said, guess what's happening? The McDonald's Monopoly game was fixed. The Bureau thought it was just some BS story. Fast food fraud was not making any list of priorities. Are you kidding me? This is what makes my fun meter go. McDonald's Monopoly game gave millions of people a chance to win. But from 1989 to 2001, there were almost no legitimate million-dollar winners. The FBI told us the game pieces are being stolen. McDonald's was shocked. Conversations on the wiretap were coming in. I'm hearing the name Uncle Jerry thrown around on the phone. We started focusing more on trying to figure out who he was. He's a freaking gangster. Uncle Jerry was getting the tickets and selling them to other people. This is a million-dollar winning ticket, and he's got it in a Ziploc sandwich bag that's not even zip. Somebody offers you a million dollars, you're going to take it. <laughs> Unless you got to kill somebody, then you might not, you know, might not be interested. But... We had eight original individuals, which turned into 53. The vast majority of these winners, they're good people. One of my biggest regrets been involved in this McDonald's thing. Yeah. I just wanted a better life, and I feel like this couldn't come to me if it wasn't meant for me. I've lost everything. This thing wrecked so many people's lives. How much bigger can this get? And it would get bigger. How much further back could it go? And it would go back further. But things go wrong. They always do. You can get away with something over and over and over. You only got to be caught once. Alrighty, that was the trailer for McMillions. Here's the IMDb plotline. A detailed account of the McDonald's Monopoly game scam during the 1990s, as told by the participants in this case, including prize winners and the FBI agents involved. Uh, as we said, this was uh, on HBO, just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Again, Living in this uh, quarantine time, there's no better time to set up with a good little six-part docuseries and learn a little bit about history, you know? That's right. You know, I kind of vaguely remember when this happened, but as, as we were talking about it the other day, as I was about halfway through, I did not actually know most of the details. Uh, this happened um, kind of right after, uh, you know, we were going into college age and shit like that. Uh, end of high school. And um, I remember it being a big deal for all of about 30 seconds before 9-11. 
And yeah, nine uh, eleven knocked out a lot of a lot of people's interest in other <laughs> stuff. We're just like maybe we've got more important things on our plate. <laughs> Uh, it, it definitely took over the news cycle, which is the thing that they talk about in the in the docu series as well. But uh, it was it was nice to see how all of it played out, and not knowing all of the details, it it was quite intriguing just to kind of get dragged along each step of the way uh, as to who these people were, because there are nice little turns and cliffhangers at the end of each episode as well that do work, uh, particularly if you don't know that much about the case going into it. Now, I, of course, remembered, uh, you know, just even the Monopoly game from the 90s uh, where you would go to McDonald's and either, you know, usually it's like fries or a drink or something like that. And occasionally they had them on like Big Macs and whatnot. But you'd peel off these pieces. You'd collect these certain pieces. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you got like, you know, Boardwalk and Park Avenue, you got a big old prize. And there were, of course, instant winners as well. And so it turns out that uh, some mob stuff was involved and your chances of winning those millions and crazy prizes and all that kind of good jazz were probably a lot slimmer than we had all imagined when we uh, played those games uh, way back when. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I definitely was not really ever expecting to get anything more than a cheeseburger yeah, or you get, fries or whatever. Exactly. You were happy when that shit happened. You got it off as you were like, free uh-huh. small fry. You were like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, uh, of course you were. But, uh, you know, it was always like, oh yeah, there's a million dollar winner. And you would see in the commercials, oh, this is a million dollar winner from blah, 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 right? And mm-hmm. uh, uh, they were all just fucking fake. Fake, 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 fake. And so... Uh, now you've seen a little bit more recently than I have, uh, but the, these guys, they just kind of, I I love the FBI agent that's in charge of all of this. I do too. And one, one of our listeners, I'm not going to name them out loud, but one of our listeners, uh, (laughs) does not like him and, uh, considers him an ass, but I think like, I, I really like Doug. Right. Yeah. I'm going to call him by his first name because who cares? It's Doug. That's his name. He's it's a good name for, for this character. <laughs> uh, he's got this like really outsized personality um, that is not necessarily fitting for a for an FBI agent. But <laughs> Probably very not. Much like, very much like a very uh, amiable cop uh, who... I think is a very good character and probably does a very good job most of the time, but I would probably not want to hang out with that person outside of them doing their job. He's well, he's kind of, but, a, but he's he, enjoyable. Yeah. He's, he's the prick you kind of enjoy loving because he's not like, he's not a jerk. He's just a guy who's kind of a little over the top. He's full of himself. Yeah. But like he not, wanted, in a, not in a fuck you way. Yeah. He like, <laughs> yeah. this is a guy who's like, he wants to kind of be in on the FBI and kind of get a little bit of that action. And oddly mm-hmm. enough, this guy reminded me of myself quite a bit because I would, I would, <laughs> I would be that FBI agent who's just like, here's how we're going to do all this sting. It's just like, dude, you don't need to be involved in any of this. And him just kind of making up stuff on the spot and everything, just feeling uh-huh. like he's a real secret agent and shit like that. I was just like, I saw myself in this guy. I was just like, yeah, if I was an FBI agent, I'd probably be a, as big a jerk as this idiot is over yeah, the a top bit of a and fuck just. Up. Yeah, <laughs> just a little, just a little, not, like not like, enough to like get in any real trouble. But exactly, that's up. the big thing is as as much of a kind of a a slight fuck up and everything as he is, he is smart. He does have instincts about stuff. He's a little fucking mm-hmm. goofy, but you know his instincts and everything are pretty dead on most of the time. Yes, yeah, I think that's true. I I mean I think he's a very good agent. 
uh, it's just, uh, you know, I know that there are people out there because I've spoken to at least one of them and seen some things on the internet who, who just really don't like the guy um, and think he's insufferable. But I, I don't know. Uh, he's kind of, if he's insufferable, he's my kind of insufferable. Yeah, you could, here's the thing. You can do a lot worse. <laughs> I've I've met cops that are definitely way worse. Oh so. well, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. People I went to school with who are cops now are, you know, bigger shitheads than this guy. So. Yeah, that isn't that a funny thing though. It's just like, not for nothing. I won't name names or nothing, but, <laughs> but, like somebody who's like kind of a big shit in high school and everything, and then you just find out later, like. Like and they were supposedly a pretty smart person, you know, uh-huh. and all this kind of good stuff, and they end up just like being a cop, and it's like, yeah. really depressing. That's all you did with your life was like yeah, you, you were just, like the good-looking kid everybody liked. It seemed like you had the the world in front of you, and you, you you're just a just a fucking cop, really. I mean, I mean, not yeah, not, 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 to, even, not to say not the police off Sarah Silverman joke. Yeah, not not to say that you know policemen like that's a bad profession or anything, but you know, no, those aren't the people that you just go like, oh, this this guy looks like he's in the top percentile of the class, and then they go on to law enforcement, and not even like a high position in law enforcement, right. just like a dude. Yeah, it's weird how that works out. Like there are definitely total dipshits who have <laughs> authority. And I know, I know, like uh, really then, smart like, guys who end up working at Walmart. It's insane. It's like, oh, yeah. you got you were like one of the top students, and now you just stock shit at Walmart, and like has for years. And it's like fucking, I don't understand life, but, man. You know, it's weird. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, McMillian's great. Uh, he's a great character in it. Um, but you know, th- this is kind of a sprawling story, and I'm surprised at how much information they cram into six episodes and and like how efficiently it's crammed in there too um it doesn't seem like they waste a single minute of any episode and they kind of bounce back and forth pretty efficiently between different plots uh strands the fbi investigation as well as the background on people who uh participated in the scam or who had knowledge of it um as well as the perspective of people now um and going back and forth in time to like this event happened here and now we're investigating it here and then we're going to learn how it all played out um and i liked that kind of back and forth give and take structure to it mm-hmm. uh, i thought it was the, it, it lent itself nicely to the type of intriguing mystery yet somewhat lighthearted tone of the story that's and, and exactly and as i was saying at the top of the show that's one of the nice parts about it is that it is just a little bit lighter fare than you're used to seeing with like true crime things usually somebody's sexually assaulted or murdered and or mm-hmm. you know kind of thing this is like you had some people doing some really crummy things and Ultimately, you know, the majority of them who were involved in one way, shape, or form paid some sort of price for them. You can argue whether or not, you know, some of those things were lenient or not, uh, for sure. But overall, you know, it you, you don't again, you don't feel dirty. And the cool part is too is how many people that were involved with this that openly uh, participated in the documentary. Because uh, yeah, save for like what. As long as they're not dead, like only one or two people, I guess maybe. Yeah, we're like two the big older ones. gentlemen at the like that are in the first episode that they do the first two like interviews with for the sting operation mm-hmm. to get those interviews on tape. 
they don't they're dead i assume from the way everybody is talking yeah about they're them. they're pretty old when when they got them in for these interviews for the sting back in the you know the the 90s the early and 90s yeah. yeah um and then uh yeah i think it's everybody except for uncle jerry yeah uncle jerry's he's still alive right uh, as far as I can tell, I mean, he's definitely at, alive at the time they're shooting this because uh, he, he sends that text to his son that tells him not to not to do anything. Yeah, and I, uh, I, the, the ball's on his son to just be like, okay, uh, I'm here, but I also feel like I need to say something. I need to, you know, put down something on the record as to what kind of went on and how everything worked. Uh-huh. And I thought that was... It, it, everything felt ballsy. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I also like his brother uh as well. Just kind of like coming out and just laying it all on the table. Uh the 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 uh fuck, what's their name? The Columbo Columbus, family. Mm-hmm, Frank. Like like Frank just coming out and just saying every fucking thing out loud. It was a lot like uh it was just a lot like, <laughs> like oh, uh these people really don't give a fuck. They've already suffered because of this. This has already happened. Key players are dead or like don't don't matter at this point to them. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. Uh, I'm just going to tell you exactly what happens and make a big joke out of it. Time, time has it. happened. And uh, that's that's all, you know, people, the people that needed to serve did serve their their time and sentences and all that stuff. So, you yeah, know, and the, and the people you really feel the worst for are like the fucking people who had nothing to do with any of it, who just worked at the two companies that this guy ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> like they closed down the printing company. They closed down the the uh, um, marketing company that was running the game all because this one fucking dude like, <laughs> like stole from them and it created bad publicity for McDonald's. They had to cut the ties with them and that led to everyone cutting ties and then closing the fuck down. Yeah, and safe for stuff like that, like when you hear them talk about it, like a lot of it kind of makes sense is because like from a kind of crime perspective, if you will, it's like, uh-huh. oh, well, you know, it's a it's McDonald's. It's a billion dollar company. They're insured for things like this, which all, you know, big giant contests and stuff like that are insured against big winners. So right. if and that does happen, then, you know, they don't have to pay nearly as much because they've got that insurance there. And, you know, for the most part, it was kind of a quote unquote victimless crime. And that's how they kind of justified it in their mind of going like, ah, it's okay. And then I'm helping these people out by taking care of them. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a not so big, you know, lottery winning, so to speak, and you've got to share it with the guy who kind of helped give it to you and whatnot. And like, I mean, like the black lady, she was just like, she never made a whole bunch of money off of this. She made some and, you know, she did a little bit of time. But that's the saddest part is like the people who actually claimed the tickets ended up making like 10 grand a year out of their 50. Yeah, they were supposed to pay out because of the, the, the way it was structured. Right. Is this uh, kind of pyramid scheme where you had to buy in at the front. So you're already in the hole. Mm-hmm. Then you start collecting and 25 of that goes immediately out the door. Taxes takes out a huge chunk because you're taking 50,000 a year instead of a lump sum payment. Right. Um, 
and you're just fucked, right? Like you've done this terrible thing and all you got to show for is like 10 to 15 grand a year. Yeah, it's it's, per, it's pretty small potatoes. I mean, and like, you know, yeah. someone, people that weren't quite living high on the hog to begin with and you get wrapped up in that publicity and all the good stuff because McDonald's would come in and take your picture and go like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this big prize winner and stuff like that. When in fact, you're not really the big prize winner that, you know, it, that it feels like you should feel like at least. Yeah. Yeah, and I do think there's one guy that like is completely innocent in all of this, and it's uh, that fuck that poor fucker from Walhalla, South Carolina, where, uh, you know, they've got like three gene pools in that whole fucking town. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been there, but I'm familiar with Walhalla. No, um, but uh, you know, he was the this was the guy that his uh, uh, the older guy had asked him to go and claim this so his buddy who was going through a divorce couldn't yeah. get the money like like his his wife couldn't get the money right and uh you know that poor fucking guy didn't know what he was doing yeah Did- and it's not because he was stupid it's because he trusted his fucking friend you know <laughs> like he just trusted his friend and was trying to help him out he had sympathies because he had also just gone through a divorce and knew how much it had cost him and he didn't want, you know, he's just trying to help a guy out, which is still a crime, right? To, yeah. to like, like pocket money. Still not good. Um, but not like, you know, conspiracy and mail fraud and all this other shit that got pinned on him yeah. by the by the district attorney. So I, I, I kind of was watching this entire thing, trying to uh, like cast different characters and stuff. Uh, but the one guy, like, you'll know who I'm talking about, obviously, but... I thought that he looks like a down and out on his luck Kevin Costner, but sounds like a down and out on his luck Sam. Uh, what's his? Oh, we just talked about him in the goddamn uh, Iron Man two. Fucking <laughs> oh, what's Worthington? Sam Worthington or no? Yeah. Sam Rockwell rather. Rockwell, Rockwell, Rockwell. Rockwell. Goddamn, he sounds just yeah, like probably, Sam Rockwell. Probably not Worthington. No. He does not sound Australian. Uh, <laughs> Sam, Neither does Sam Worthington, but that's another story. Which one? Oh, is he? I thought he was Australian. He is Australian. He doesn't really sound. He's got like kind of a the, that like bland accent that you just yeah, don't you got kind quite of a lilt. Like, what is this? Is he American? Yeah, where you just like, know. wait a minute, are you white? You're white. He's a he's yeah. He's white, a white guy, right? right? White guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Worthington. I mean, it's a white name, but like, I, I can't put, I can't pin you down. What is? What, what's with you? Oh, it's just you're a shitty actor. I got you. Fair enough. Oh, my God. I'm glad that nobody's trying to make him happen anymore. Oh, it was such a long time where they really were just like, no, this is going to be the next and, and, leading guy. I mean, he, isn't he going to be back in like all of those fucking Avatar movies? Oh, God. I didn't even think about the we fucking Avatar. We got four more movies where he's going to be like Jesus. the main character, right? Boy, if anything that this coronavirus has done is it has shut down <laughs> Avatar's <laughs> flick for being shot. <laughs> I know that for a fact. They did say that. It's just like Avatar, the Avatar sequels have shut down production. I'm just like, oh, finally, some good news. <laughs> you know, listen, uh, not for nothing. I hope the people that are working on the Avatar movies find a lot of work really, really quick. But the the end of the day, no thanks. You don't think that the the four sequels we have coming are going to be uh, quality cinema? I thought they knocked it down to three. I hope oh no, it's, it's still four. It's still four. Oh yeah. Listen, uh, James Cameron can get anything made. Clearly, anything. Like, uh, did you see that story? Somebody asked. Uh, 
somebody asked if uh where the fuck was it oh there's this uh like 20 questions thing that one of the magazines does like variety or some shit like that Mm -hmm. and uh he he was the person who got asked they asked uh like in there like uh if you could get it would you want um uh what's the fucking guy head of disney bob Uh, Iger. wait what yeah bob Iger. and uh he he says uh they're like would you want bob Iger's number and he goes no if i wanted bob's number i could get it (laughs) (laughs) that's his that was his answer like if i wanted bob's number i could get I it. love that that's great that's some baller <laughs> like, shit right there it's just like I think, mm. I think he's probably the only person in all of hollywood who has anything resembling fuck you money i, th- I yeah. think that's probably true like him period he, he's got fuck you money and not many people have that uh so anyway see he's uh, got to but he's got to he's got to work up he's got to get to fuck me money you know what that is <laughs> Well, fuck you money is just like look at me i do whatever i want fuck me money is when you do things with your money that are that is that are not advantageous to you as an individual that's, that's fuck me money that's i could do stuff to what, fuck myself up and it richard doesn't even branson matter has, I guess. yeah richard branson has fuck me money that means he can just do whatever he wants and if it if it financially hurts him doesn't really matter he doesn't even care well anyway back to sam rockwell yes <laughs> <laughs> and and his winning performance in Manolia. He's great in Iron Man too. <laughs> but, but like it did when I heard when I when I see this guy sitting on his little hay uh, hay bale there and everything, and he's yeah. talking. He looks he looks like Kevin Costner and, and and sounds like Sam. It's hilarious. So well, and and you know that fucker can really sing, man. That karaoke bar, I was like, holy shit, that guy can sing. Man. Yeah, that was not bad. That was surprising. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I, like, I might make a trip to Walhalla to find that fucking bar to see if he can <laughs> sing over there. Hey, you that guy from that, that HBO show? Sing me hey, a man. fucking song, man. Hey, man, I'll buy you three beers if <laughs> you sing me a fucking country western tune. Hell yeah. Uh, that's it, everybody. Uh, that's McMillions. <laughs> it is on HBO right now. Uh, two uh, pretty decent recommendations. Uh, if you're if you're in for a good time and you don't want to spend you know eight years doing it, a uh, little six part series on uh, on HBO will do you quite well. Matt, where can we go for on the for things on the internet that are involved with you? That's those are words. My, my involvement on the internet begins uh, <laughs> on various social medias. <laughs> socials media i don't have the plural where were you on uh, march 29th <laughs> uh i i can be found on instagram at matt underscore boyd underscore smith you can also find me on twitter at matt boyd smith just no underscores there um and uh you know follow at your own peril and or delight uh, and, of course, we'd like to, you guys to uh, email us at thefilmfind@gmail.com at if you have any ideas about what we uh, should do on this. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. And, of course, uh, subscribe. And if you haven't, rate us on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. We're trying to get some numbers up so uh, you guys can enjoy more of this fantastical content. Uh, so that will do it for us, and we will see you guys next time. Boop.